Technically speaking. Welcome to our technically untechnical technology talk. A Nywick Atlantic production. Hello, I'm Chelsea, the Nywick Atlantic audiovisual specialist, social media manager, and lover of this warm weather. And I'm Alex, part of the media engagement team, and I agree, I'm ready for more sun. Yes, spring is upon us, which is a huge symbol for growth, and that's something we are going to talk about in this episode, specifically for women and their careers. That's right. We've got a great episode lined up for Women's History Month. We have an interview with our commanding officer, Captain Nicole Nigro, and we talk with Dr. Deborah Fuqua from our Equal Employment Opportunity Office. We will share successes and wrap up the show with the technical tidbit. Get comfy, turn up that volume, and let's get started. One of the many inspiring women here at Nywick Atlantic is our commanding officer, Captain Nicole Nigro. She began her career in 2000, where she was designated as an engineering duty officer and attended the Naval Postgraduate School, where she earned her Master of Science degree in space systems engineering. In 2008, she went to Afghanistan, serving as the Combined Joint Task Force Staff Reconstruction Engineer, managing the development and construction of roads. Basically, she's a boss. And with her wealth of knowledge, she sat down with me to give some advice on how to navigate professional growth within a male-dominated career field. So ma'am, in general, the military is male-dominated. There's a lot of men in the military. And you, being a captain in the Navy, you are a senior officer. And that tends to be male-dominated as well. What has your experience been in the senior officer position in a male-dominated career field? So my experience to date has been extremely positive. Uh, The groups that I've worked with, the teams that I've been able to join have been extremely accepting and and really there's no difference between how we treat each other. Um, What I've found is is that as long as you've got that authentic personality and you're ready to go and engage, making sure you're projecting who you are in a positive matter is what's important, not a matter of if you're male, female, or or what's going on there. Fortunately, I've had a very positive experience as well in some of the male-dominated professional environments I've been in. Although I do find myself at times, I sit up more, I put my shoulders back and I have this different stance. And I don't know if that comes from my own insecurities as a female. Have you ever had instances like that where you might have changed something? So what I found is is sometimes there is a difference. Um, I think when you're, depending upon the groups you're in, you, you can kind of change how you want to tell your story, and sometimes that's appropriate. Read the room, read the group, and understand um, there are times that, you know, I agree with you, sometimes you sit up a little bit straighter, you, you change your tact with regards to how you're delivering your message. But your advice about being authentic, that should remain at the core, is that right? Yeah, that's one of the things. It, it really people will see through you, right? If you're putting up that front and all that. And so one of the things that I've learned across um, the multiple leadership opportunities I've had for, for, school and education is it's important to one understand yourself um, understand what drives you what pushes you forward and then using that to your advantage to be that leader that you want to be that you can go home with at night and be like yes I've done a good job and and I was true to myself do you have any more advice that maybe for women who are looking to pursue leadership positions so my advice is is just to really go for it right don't be afraid to jump in um and get your feet wet, get dirty, understand that you might fail, but you learn from your failures and you can take that in and kind of grow and continue to mature as a leader. Do you have any examples, maybe a thought or a story you could tell us of a time when 
you were like, oh, I didn't do that right. And I learned I'm going to do it this way moving forward. Yeah. So one of the examples is actually one of the relationships I, I build or actually failed to build with one of my one of the senior civilians I worked with at um, one of my commands. I was oh. I was unable to really connect with him and figure out, you know, how we could align to continue to move the command forward. And, and it really it pained me because it, it made going into the office a little difficult and it yeah. made me really think about, OK, so what is that? persona that I'm projecting um, and how do I make sure that I truly um, have that open door policy to allow things to come in and not create like an an environment that is somewhat combative that we can't get out of and that it's okay if someone disagrees and we have to figure out how we get to that middle ground and not just stand our ground um, and be at that impasse. That reminds me of when I I was uh, in the military. I was active duty Air Force a few years ago now. But I, when I was an airman, some advice that I was given was uh, to work on tact. So I was all, never afraid to go for it. So I would go for it. But there were times when the way I was wording my ideas was not coming off in a way that my leadership felt respected. Right. And now, granted, I was never in an extreme where I needed to be disciplined, but there was like this little bit like you're not crossing a line, but you need to work on tact. So based on your story, not that you didn't have tact, but that's something I learned to help with a relationship that I was struggling with within my leadership was my tone and my wording. It wasn't inappropriate, but it was on the line. And when I changed my tact, when I changed all that, I was still authentic. Well, I learned, right? Mm -hmm. You have to maintain your authenticity, but having that little bit of respect and a calmer tone sometimes gets you further. Is that something that you would agree with? That's something I would totally (laughs) agree with, right? And a lot of times it's the perception and it's not your perception that matters. It's someone else's perception that matters. So making sure that you might be saying things one way and you're like, we're all in, this is what we should do, might not be kind of how they're used to receiving it, information, not used to how they're used to receiving direction and just might off put them, right? So making sure that you're taking that time to put yourself in their shoes and see how this might be received and how the guidance that you're providing, you know, you might think it's all positive positive it's all good news but right. you know based on you know where they're coming from where that where, where they grew up where, you know the guidance that they had maybe it's completely off you know it's it's not their direction so so understanding that that's different and, and making sure that you know how to adjust your story again knowing your audience and knowing how you can get that across to make the most right and fostering good relationships can help you in pursuing any type of career progression right oh like, definitely okay. like right <laughs> making sure that it, it's all about connecting almost it's all about connections right but it's it's building those networks to understand so that you can continue to grow as a leader as well as so that people um people know who you are and they want you on their team right and so that really helps to to set that up so building those networks and building those connections is really important tell me about a female role model you may have had who has inspired you and helped you in your path I have a female role model that's actually really close um, with regards to, to rank and age. So um, Captain Katie Beam, we've kind of followed each other a little bit in, in some of our tours, but um, just her ability to, to one, tell a story, be on the cutting edge of the technological age, as well as she's always got that time that she, she shows that she's actively listening and she makes you understand that she cares, that she's got your best interest in that, but she also has got that strategic 
strategic view, right? And that ability to to work on both a tactical level and a strategic level, moving things forward and being able to keep her team in balance as well as her home life in balance, right? And understanding what oh. that looks like and the, the her ability to mentor and guide junior officers has just been phenomenal. And it's one of those things that I've strove for um, throughout my career. It sounds like her balance has been inspiring. It, very much so. Like her ability to, to really, she looks like she does it all. And, and I, <laughs> I know that you can't do it all right, but right. She's, she gives that presence that she knows what's going on and she trusts her team she, and she's able to, to make sure that she's taking care of herself and taking care of her team. And that's really what matters, right? That we're all in a good position to be able to, in the end, help the warfighter. Thank you so much for chatting with me and giving me this great advice. It was great to hear all of the um, wonderful, inspiring stories that you've had and the advice about especially being authentic. So thank Well, you. thank you very much for your time. So how was it talking with the captain? It was great. She's very approachable, laid back. I feel like I could ask her anything and I'd get like an honest answer. So it was really rewarding to chat with her. I had a similar experience and enjoyed talking with Dr. Deborah Fuqua over Teams. She is the Niwak Atlantic Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Program Manager. And we discussed some equal employment initiatives. From an EEO perspective, um, what are some of the initiatives within the DEI that ensure women have the same access to jobs within the command? Okay, well, I'm going to start with the Affirmative Employment Program. Their job is to change how this organization looks. The main purpose of this program is to ensure that our agency does everything that they can do to ensure that we are allowing people to rise to the highest level possible. They develop strategies to effectively recruit and promote qualified individuals or qualified members of targeted groups that have a lower than expected participation rates. This team also works to identify what we call barriers and remove them. Barriers can stem from either policies, practices, or procedures, and they can impede employment and advancement opportunities. One of the ways that they do that is that they use a team called the Barrier Analysis Team. This team works to identify any barriers or policies, practices, or procedures that are preventing individuals from rising to the highest level possible. They will look at the trends and analyze data to see why barriers exist. The bear analysis team uses additional sources, and a part of those additional sources are the special emphasis team. Now, just to mention, on the special emphasis team, there is a special a special emphasis uh, program coordinator that sets on each team. So they actually worked together with the bear analysis team. So when it comes to the special emphasis team, they are going to, to do this and they're going to work in teams with the uh, AEP and the BAT, and they're going to start peeling back that onion. They're going to start digging into why these barriers are, exist. So to answer your question, these teams, the AEP, the BAT, and the SEP have a process in place to find out if women have the same access to jobs within the command. That's important. I know I've served on a few of the other barrier analysis teams over the years for other diversity groups. And so it is really imperative to have those numbers to, to back up what we're trying to do and make sure that there's equal employment for, for everyone. What are some of the challenges that women often face when trying to get promoted to higher pay grades? So feedback suggests that women not only feel inequity and gender bias in the workplace, but across our culture at large. 
So as a result, some stated that imposter syndrome often creeps in where women are doubting their abilities, even in a leadership position and feeling like a fraud or imposter. So that's how some women feel. So in order to address notions of inequity and biases, Nywick Land has a standalone barrier analysis team, which I mentioned earlier, that assists the EEO with meeting the EEO uh, commission statutory agency's obligation to eliminate barriers that impede free and open competition that prevent individuals from realizing their full potential. And um, the structural barriers, institutional mindset, individual mindsets, and lifestyle choices can present barriers to leadership for women as well. Uh, One of our uh, command BAT functions is to identify the root cause of identify workforce triggers and barriers, and then eliminate any equity or bias that may be operating. And uh, just to give you a little uh, more background, at the beginning of 2023, women made up 25.57% of NIWIC Lent's STEM-related occupation and 20.17% of high-grade workforce. It is still uh, undetermined if there are any specific barriers operating in women's promotion to higher pay grades. But if discovered, the command has an active executive diversity council uh, consistent of senior level change agents that work to eradicate any barriers or policies, practices, and proceeding impeding fair and open competition. That's really great to see those numbers increase. And that sort of leads into my next question. Um, with the rise in women joining the workforce, how has uh, STEM opportunities helped with diversity and inclusion? So I know that a lot of our team members go out and work with the school groups. Um, how important is that to develop and foster the next generation of employees here at NIWIC Atlantic. Okay, well, the NIWIC Atlantic STEM Outreach Program provides inspiration, engagement, education, and future employment within our local Charleston uh, areas and also Hampton Roads and New Orleans communities. Now, because STEM is offered in the different locations, we're able to recruit from different backgrounds, bringing in a diverse workforce. Therefore, STEM is proactive and building that pipeline needed to attract future employees. It's really good to see the impact that the command has had on communities all across our locations. What can supervisors and managers do to provide equal opportunities for their employees? Create a culture of fairness, inclusion, and belonging. Find out who your employees are by listening to them. Find out their expectations, what their expectations are in regards to their career path. Be fair, provide any possible opportunities for growth first to internal employees. This will increase employee morale. That's that's important to increase employee morale for the entire team. So um, assign mentors if possible. And lastly, lead by example. Those are great points there. And thanks for providing those to our listeners today. Is there anything else that you would like to add? I just want to say thanks to all the women. It's Women's History Month. You know, thanks to all the women who have paved the way for us and uh, to the women that are working every day to make a difference here at Nywick Atlantic. Thank you, Deborah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mr. Jackson. Thanks for your time. 
Dr. Fuqua is actually the lead of a whole team that Nowick Atlantic has dedicated to equal opportunity initiatives. It sounds like pulling in this diverse talent is going to set us up for success. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of success, let's talk about some of the recent successes Nowick Atlantic has had lately. We've provided materials to build playing fields and judged over 40 students at the regional Sea Perch competition at the Aquatic Center in North Charleston. Sea Perch is an underwater robotics program that equips teachers and students with the resources to build their underwater remotely operated vehicles. And it introduces students to naval architecture and engineering careers. The command invited industry partners to a demonstration at Advanced Technology International headquarters to help them develop a prototype that will enhance the Marine Corps' all-source intelligence system. The demonstration was coordinated by Nowick Atlantic's Information Warfare Research Project, also known as IWRP. And Mr. John O'Connor was selected as the Deputy Director of the Office of Small Business Programs. As Deputy Director, he will develop and execute strategy and program objectives. He will also be the liaison between industry and community partners. Congratulations, John. We hosted Charleston Metro Chamber of Commerce members for an overview of the command's mission. The visit included a briefing with Nowick Atlantic key leaders, a tour of the National Cyber Range Complex, and a demonstration of our developments in virtual reality technology that gives new capabilities to air traffic controllers. Once again, we've done so much lately to be proud of, which makes me very happy to be part of this wonderful command. (laughs) This is a great opportunity for us to continue to give back to the warfighter. Absolutely, which is our mission, always to support that warfighter. Now, in the spirit of Women's History Month, we're going to talk about a warfighter in our past with this technical tidbit. Not really that technical. Grace Hopper, also known as Amazing Grace, was known for her pioneering work in the development of computer programming languages. She started her work in computing during World War II when she joined the Navy as a reserve officer and worked on the Harvard Mark I computer program. She and Howard Aiken designed Harvard's Mark I computer, which was a five-ton room-sized machine. Hopper invented the compiler that translated written language into computer code and coined the terms bug and debugging when she had to remove moths from the device, like actual bugs. Who knew that? I didn't know that. That's That's funny. That's really interesting. And also, did you know that we here at Nywick Atlantic have a bridge on our base called the Grace Hopper Bridge? We do? Absolutely. That's really cool. I did not know that. As always, to learn about anything we've mentioned in the podcast, check out our social medias. They're under NAVWAR or our Nivik Atlantic website. And links are in the description. That wraps up another episode. Thanks for listening. If you have a tip or story that you think should be included in this podcast, please contact us at our public affairs email address, which is listed in the description. Naval Information Warfare Center Atlantic, also known as NIWIC, is the East Coast branch of the Naval Information Warfare Systems Command within the Department of the Navy. We develop a range of technologies that provide state-of-the-art capabilities to the United States military.